Captain's Log, Stardate 75568.2. I'm meeting with many legal representatives from the Federation. Many of the conversations are about an ongoing trial that never seems to end. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Katie and Lieutenant Commander David are on an away mission to the Deneb system. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to always being ready. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. These are the voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney. I don't know if it really means much around here, me being the captain, but hey, it is what it is. And uh, joining me for uh, this little voyage as we talk about a uh, particular trickster, uh, villain, question mark, is my good friend, not a villain, Lieutenant Commander Eric. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Did you have to clarify that? I'm not a villain. Like, I don't think anyone's ever accused me of being a villain in my entire life. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I, I would sincerely hope no one has accused you of being a villain. I'm just saying, though. Okay. All right. I mean, right? I mean, it's my it's my goal in life to not need that clarification. Okay. All right. Well, um, today we're going to be talking about... Um, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Q, um, you know, that we first met in The Next Generation, who's going to be making, um, to some degree, we don't know how um, much of an appearance here in Season 2 of Star Trek Picard, coming around here pretty quick. But uh, before we, I guess, dive into that, um, what's, been, what's been going on in your world, man? Uh, I mean, um... I'm moving here pretty soon, right? Yeah. Getting, getting out of this house and getting my own place. Um, so there, that's exciting, right? I think maybe I don't know. For sure. For sure. Um, I know I went. I went to my first Spurs game ever, right? Yeah. Recently, yeah. yeah they man. won. They won. Right. So that's that was, that's probably to be expected with with the Spurs. Well, no, the Spurs aren't very good this year. No? No, after Tim Duncan retired, they kind of, like, went down. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you mentioned the Spurs when we were talking about, uh, you know, going to a Spurs game, and now, you know, like, you're on the other side of the Spurs game. I am sorry, Eric, for not remembering if you were there or not, but you and I... One summer, we're staffing a training course, and there was um, like a first-year staffer that was with us. I think it was you. You were there. Um, his name was Ross. Do you remember? Do you remember this this uh, particular young staffer? Is this hat guy? Yes. Okay, hat guy. He always wore the hat over his ears. Yes, because it. Yeah, because it's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember him. So it was the Spurs and someone else. I don't think it was the Pistons, but he was like ride or die for the Spurs, man. And like, here we are, we're in Southeast Michigan and he's like cheering for a San Antonio team. And like, he's almost being obnoxious about it. And I think in the end, the Spurs ended up winning 
the championship, if I'm not well, mistaken. Well, the, the Spurs played the Pistons in 2005 in the NBA championship. That must have been it. Remember, Detroit won the NBA championship in 2004 okay. and was going for a repeat the next year, and it went to Game 7, right? You know, Game 7, this one's for all the marbles. Well, that's what they say. That's right. And, right? Well, it is. Best of seven. If it goes to game seven, winner take all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Spurs ended up winning that. And so 2005, right? That would have been. We would have been yeah, finishing up high school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, man, I don't think I was on training staff that year. It's all a blur, man. It's been like almost yeah. 20 years. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I lo- I, by the way, I love the memes since we're talking about, like, it's been two decades. Um, like, if you remember this show on this channel, you need to take ibuprofen for your back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Those are funny. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Well, that's exciting, man. Um, that that you got to go to a game and that um, that like you know just things are are I guess the wheels are turning the things are happening so yay Eric yay me right yeah man <laughs> oh lord well we uh I okay this is gonna be really boring but eh, I don't know if it's good podcasting or not it doesn't matter whatever. So we went to um, <laughs> we went to the Cheesecake Factory for uh, for a date night recently, and uh, normally whenever I go there, I get this like um, like gumbo type of thing. There, it's really good. Don't knock it till you try it. It's a really good gumbo there. Um, or if I'm just feeling boring, I'll just get like a chicken parm type of thing, a chicken parmesan. Well, I was like, man, I want salmon. No, I want steak. I look at the ma- and I look at the menu. I'm like, I can have both. There's a combination thing for <laughs> salmon and steak. Surf and turf, right? Let's go, baby. And it was so good, man. It was so good. Uh, if I'm making anyone hungry right now, you're welcome. This show is not sponsored by the Cheesecake Factory, but if anyone's listening, let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't think I've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory ever. Really? Anywhere ever? Okay. Look, they've got like this awesome like. Like, the marketing team was, like, on point. They're like, all right, guys, listen up. Listen. Are you listening? Okay, here we go. We're going to call it the Cheesecake Factory, right? But they don't sell cheesecake, do they? No, they sell cheesecake. Oh, okay. But people are going to think, I can't leave without having the cheesecake. It's the Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. So you go in, you buy your thing, and then it's like, you want cheesecake? I'm at the Cheesecake Factory, aren't I? Come on, give me a cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, I love cheesecake, so I probably would get it anyway without yeah. that. But <laughs> cheesecake's my, probably my favorite, like, dessert, right? Either cheesecake or pumpkin pie. Those are, like, the two, go. right? If I'm not mistaken, Eric, I think there's a pumpkin pie cheesecake there. Or yeah, something there like might that. be, right? I think I've heard of that at places. There's um, the one that I the, the one cheesecake I used to get all the time when I went there, or what I, I mean I still go there, but like before they discontinued it was this um, carrot cake cheesecake, 
Like, I love carrot cake. And it was so, so good. And uh, now I get this, like, Cinnabon, cinnamon, swirl, something, cheesecake. And it's amazing. So, yeah, that's... I wish I had, like, a... All right, all right, all right. I need, like, a little sound clip, you know, with, like, diabetes, you know. Because, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you today about diabetes. Let me talk to you about Liberty Mutual and, your, and how to manage your diabetes. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about 20 years ago, right? <laughs> Eric. Watching The Price is Right and getting those Wilford Brimley diabetes <laughs> commercials. That's right, man. <laughs> Just, we might, okay, okay. Look, we're going to do a quick intermission so we can go take our ibuprofen before we continue. <laughs> I didn't shut my alarm. I need my ibuprofen, everyone. <laughs> well, I just saw. I just saw. Speaking about that same thing, and how I'm moving. I saw a meme the other day. It was like, if you're over thirty and you're moving, hire movers. <laughs> it's so true, right? <laughs> it's so true. It's like nobody oh. wants to break their back. Need ibuprofen for a case of beer and a pizza. That's right. Oh man. I think the last time that either I helped, I think the last time any type of moving happened that I can remember was when I moved into this house. And that was it. That was like almost four years ago. So no more. No more. (laughs) (laughs) And look, look, if you have a treadmill, leave it. Just leave it. You know you're only using it for a coat hanger, okay? Just leave it. Just leave Doesn't it. David Just have a treadmill the in the folks. back of his like room that he normally records in. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I just my my brother-in-law called me up a few years ago, and he's like, "Hey, can you help me help a friend move?" And I'm like, "Is it an apartment or is it a house? Apartment. What floor are they on? Second. What are we moving? I don't know." We get there and it's like a freaking treadmill. Like, oh. Everybody who moves into an apartment who wants your help, no one is moving into the first floor. It's always like the third floor. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, other than so, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. You know, um, the 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 steak that I had was was delicious. The salmon I had was delicious, and the mashed potatoes and the asparagus that it came with, you guessed it, was also delicious. So, anyway, Eric, yes, let's talk Trek for a second. Let's do, or it. for the next three hours, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just let's just ease into it. Let's just talk some Star Trek, okay? Okay. Star Trek Picard came out. Uh, two years ago, um, at the time been, of this it's recording, been two years since that show started. Hundred percent, yes. Wow, wow. Hundred percent, yeah. Star Trek Picard season one came out two years ago, and um, some people loved it, some people hated it. For others, it might have been mixed. Regardless, we got another season, and we know we have a third season that's going to be coming down the pike here in the, in the semi-near future. And a third and final season. Yeah, third and final that's, season. That's yeah. confirmed. Yeah. So, with that, um, you know, we have 
this new season that's coming on board that's coming and we've we've seen trailers that have been dropped like some sizzle reels maybe we've seen like a teaser we've seen an official trailer that has kind of morphed here and there um over the last few months over the last year whatever um the idea i think at one point was to try and get most if not all of the original cast back into the picard show at some point um now John Delancey's Q was not part of the main cast. However, he was at different pivotal points in the Next Generation cast show history for the most part, especially the series premiere and the season fin- series finale. Um, so knowing that Q's coming back um, is going to raise um, a good amount of, of questions um, as we prep for it. But when you found out, um, at, perhaps like with that very first trailer, where like they're doing like a pan through like the study or whatever and it ends up on like the queen of hearts and it's just the queue and we're like oh shoot queue's coming back what do you remember like what some of your first um thoughts some of your first reactions were when news dropped that was happening uh yeah well i was excited for it i like i like Q as a character i've always liked Q as a character um so i thought it was interesting that they were bringing him back and i I wanted to know what interesting way they would bring him back because you don't just bring back a character like Q to bring him back like Lower Decks did. I thought, like, that was just dumb, right? Didn't make any sense, like, his little cameo appearance in Lower Decks, right? But it makes sense him coming back to Star Trek Picard because that's where most of his time was spent. And there are a lot of really key moments in the story of Jean-Luc Picard that involve Q. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense that if you're telling the story of Picard, Q should be involved in some way. Sure, sure. Um, and and we'll, we'll get to um, perhaps some of the reason for that as we, as we go along. But um, I remember when that first trailer was coming out um, to kind of tease us with a season two and you know, we had different uh, time. We had like different uh, components that were like littered throughout, um, all having to do some way with like time travel or looking back on like some kind of historical something or another, right? So, um, and I, I remember, I think I was like really frustrated. And I, I think I've processed. I think I'm okay, more okay now. But like, just like wanting like Q to like kind of snap his fingers and like Picard being back to being a human and not an android type of thing. Like, oh yeah, just oh, snap your fingers and boom, you're a human again with no tumor. Um, that's not gonna happen, y'all. It's not gonna happen. I mean, I'll bet you a buck or six donuts it's not gonna happen. If it I'll does, be- then listen, I'll bet you a lot of people have forgotten that Picard is a robot now. Mm. I'll bet you a lot of people have. Mm. Not like us, the diehards, but... Wait, wait, wait. I'm a diehard? I've been promoted to a diehard fan? I mean, you host a podcast about the show. I think that counts, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to do right now. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's been two years. So... 
you know, if you haven't rewatched the show um, or, or kept up with like other aspects like Discovery, for instance, where they do like a quick little drop of that, um, then yeah, you might you might have forgotten. But I mean, yeah, Q Q and Picard are not synonymous, but like when you think of one, like you typically do. I guess I guess it is synonymous. Whatever, man, it's fine. Um, it's it's important to um, the Picard character and just like everything that's happened. And just like you and I were talking about this, um, even in preparation for the show, there's twelve episodes, and that includes Lower Decks. No, I think Lower Decks would be thirteen. Oh, I'm sorry, 13, yeah. Yeah, there's 13 episodes. Eight from Next Gen, one from DS9, three from Voyager, and one from Lower Decks. 13 episodes with Q in it. Yep. Which is kind of crazy that he's got as much of a footprint as he does, or that he's made as much of an impact that he has with so few episodes in the franchise. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, and I think that goes to show you how, how great John Delancey, it plays that role in that character, and it's mm-hmm. just... You know, he doesn't need 40, 50 episodes to make the impact. Mm-hmm. So... And um, also, I think he also tells you something about how well-written those episodes are as well, because there are some fantastic episodes amongst those 13. Right. I think, um, I think if I remember right, Guinan was, I think, one of the last original characters that was created by Roddenberry. And um, Roddenberry did was the one that created that was behind creating Q. And um, the story goes that he chose the letter Q, like the name of the character Q, in honor of one of his friends uh, named uh, Janet Corton. So okay, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was just a little honor, a little homage to his friend. So there you go. Um, and. This is something that we'll we'll address like a little bit later on, but like when we're when we first meet him with um, encounter at Farpoint, he's he has put humanity on trial uh, for being a um, a savage race, right? Grievously a grievously savage. savage race, yes. Grievously savage and childlike race, and we have to go and prove ourselves to him. And, of course, that's where the whole series premiere comes in, which leads to him first saying at the end of that first story, trial never ends. No, I, I don't think he says that at the, at the end of the first episode. We'll be watching, think, essentially. I, yeah, something like that. So, and, and then what, what comes... Like, no, I think he says, um, like... There's no guarantees that I won't drop by again. There we go. He says something to that effect. And then we only get him seven more times in Next Gen. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, season... What was it? Um, We had, like... So we had him a few episodes later, I think, in Hide and Q, and then then Q Who in uh, season two. And I think we took a break for season three, and we didn't get him back. No, Deja Q in season three. Okay. Then and then Cupid in season four. That's right. And then we jumped to season six yeah, where we had two episodes. Five, yeah. yeah, two episodes in season six. And then um, again, uh, rounding us off with all good things. Dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. He's actually the one that says all good things in the mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. 
as everything's about to explode. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. As things go boom. <laughs> um, what what I'd like to do is, you know, we've just we've we've talked about we've kind of like previously briefly listed the the episodes for next gen, and then like just very brief episodes, like I said, in like three other shows, like. I wouldn't even. I don't know if I'd really count Lower Decks. It's just like a very brief cameo, but it's it's an appearance nonetheless. One episode in Deep Space Nine, Q, um, Q-less, and three episodes in, in Voyager with a Death Wish. I can't talk tonight, y'all. Yeah, see, I can't talk. Talking is hard. Talking um, three, is hard. <laughs> three episodes of Voyager, Death Wish, The Q and the Gray, and Q Two, and then of course uh, the appearance in Lower Decks with the episode Veritas. So, uh, now you, you got into Trek because not just, not, not just with, with, uh, TOS and watching it with your dad and, you know, Barney, you know, fighting Kirk or anything like that, but you were really like fixated on Voyager. So of these three Voyager ones, I'm just curious, like of the Voyager ones, which one like really stands out to you as like the Q episode you enjoyed the most from that era? Oh, uh, like, first of all, I'll say this. I'll, I'll answer your question, but I'll say this. When I, you know, I watched Voyager every, you know, at mm-hmm. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., UPN, right? AIS, right? Every week, every Wednesday night for the entire run. I didn't know who Q was. So when he shows up for the first time, okay, that's Q, right? I, I He's a, like, powerful being but i didn't know the history of him there right so but knowing that now and knowing all the history like death wish is just like an incredible star trek episode it's an incredible episode of television period but from a star trek perspective it's amazing and and you see there's a storyline that runs through it with some of these episodes from the next generation and some of the things that Q says, right? Specifically, if you don't know what Death Wish is, um, it's the episode where, like, there's a another member of the Q continuum that wants to wants to die, wants to commit uh-huh. suicide, but the Q have locked him away because, like, you can't. Why would you want to commit suicide? And so at the very, they have a trial or a hearing and. Janeway essentially sides with this other Q who wants to die and then basically our Q John Delancey basically helps him commit, after the whole episode he's been fighting him from wanting to commit suicide but at the end he finally does he finally is like I'm the one who gave him the poison so he could commit suicide and, and he says this, it's a great line I wrote this down here, he says by demanding to end his life, he taught me a little something about my own. He mm. was right when he said the continuum scared me back in line. I didn't have his courage or his convictions. He called me irrepressible. This was a man who was truly irrepressible. I only hope I'm a worthy student. And then Janeway responds. She's like, I imagine the continuum won't be very happy with you. And he goes, I certainly hope not. And like, that's an amazing moment, right? And I don't think you get that full understanding unless you've seen like like 
specifically the Deja Q episode where he is like banned from the continue. He's made mortal. But now you see he like they scared him back in line and he didn't he didn't challenge things, but now he's willing to go out and and you know challenge the status quo again and he's like I certainly hope the continuum's mad at me because that's me. I'm the guy who put who po- who pushes buttons. I'm mm-hmm. the guy who pokes the bear, right? I'm the guy who thought I was irrepressible, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not as strong in my convictions. And I just love that moment. It's it's fantastic to see it play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and not just that, but like, if I'm not mistaken, that episode is what is um, essentially the, the impetus for the rest of the Q storylines in Voyager itself. Yes, it is. Right, because the follow-up episode, the Q and the Gray, mm-hmm. is basically there's a civil war in the Q continuum over over this guy's death and and where Q is taking it, and people are following Q, people are following the status quo, and a civil war which basically is blowing up stars in our in our universe. Right, and even going. One more episode with that, you know, with Q two. I'm sorry, like, the, sorry, the end of that episode where it's like we got to do this ostensibly to end end this this civil war and like Janeway, I want to have a baby with you type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, and right. a baby of course she's disgusted. Like fresh ideas, right, into the continuum. Mm-hmm. And and she's like all disgusted by that. Like, are you are you kidding me? And Q's like, oh, I get it. It's an Earth tradition. Playing hard to get. <laughs> and Jane was like, Q, as far as you're concerned, I'm impossible to get. <laughs> <laughs> and then you like later find out that it was just, you know, touching yeah, fingers. Yeah, he and the he and the other Q, they like <laughs> touch fingers <laughs> and that's how they make a baby. Oh man. Jay was oh. like, do you two want some privacy? He's like, no. <laughs> I just touched fingers. <laughs> Wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> Wonder twin powers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, man. <laughs> Double dragon. Oh, by the power of might. By the power of right. We're double <laughs> dragon. Oh, man. I think we're taking, like, there's, like, part of the audience that's like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And the rest of them are like laughing their butts off right now. Yeah. I mean, I hope they are. I hope so too. <laughs> Otherwise this is a really awkward conversation right now. Hey, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the very first time that I saw uh, the Q and the gray and the whole uh, like, Hey, Janeway, I want you to have my baby type of thing and just like how how awkward that was like you just asked Janeway to do that are you what <laughs> what 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 is happening foreplay can last a century with a cue <laughs> it's a long time and this is a family show <laughs> at least I hope it is still <laughs> oh it looks like I'm gonna be putting like a mature rating on these shows oh, moving man. forward it's great it's fine Oh, well, um, for anyone 
let's just kind of get this out of the way, I guess. Um, we've, we've, um, I think the only thing we haven't talked about is just Q-less, which is like the single appearance in Deep Space Nine, which I think was season one, right around episode five or six. It was, it was a pretty early episode um, of Deep Space Nine. Uh, episode six, six or seven, depending upon if you consider Emissary to be episode one or episodes one and two. Sure. Uh, which, like the the big standout moment from that is like, the 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 whole vintage like ancient Earth looking bo- boxing costumes, and Cisco just like decks Q, and yeah, Q's and like, Picard, Picard never, never did, did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we never see Q again ever in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But I, I don't have the dates right in front of me. But I would imagine that Q-less as an episode was like a week or two before um, Tapestry. I don't have the dates right in front of me. Because, you know, that's season six, right? And so they mm-hmm. get they had to have come out right around the same time. If only there was a way to look this up. If only. If only. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Tapestry, February thirteenth, ninety three. All right. Keep that in mind. Q list came out February eighth, nineteen ninety three. Okay, so it was it was a week later. Or Q less, and then Tapestry was a week later. Because I go. think there's a point at the end of Q less where he says, "I should go check in on John Luke." And, of course, it happens, and we got what we got with, with Tapestry, which I'm sure that'll be uh, one particular episode that we we talk about at another point in this in this episode. So I'm sure it'll come up. Maybe, maybe once or three times. I don't know. Um, so when, when we talk about, like, you know, essential or definitive lists, at least as far as we're concerned... We, we're talking like bare minimum, you know, um, skeleton crew type stuff um, to be able to get like this cursory understanding of a particular character. Uh, we, we, so far, I think we've done that with uh, Picard, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done that with uh, Kirk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to be doing uh, more of the captains uh, this year, by the way. Um, and then we'll like, you know, rotate through either science officers, communicate, whoever next whatever set next but it's kind of hard in, in a way it's kind of hard to do this like with Q it's it's a mixed bag because there's so few episodes that you could just you know knock it out like in two days if you wanted to three days depending it's, it's 12 episodes right? 12 episodes do that in one day if you really wanted to it's only gonna be like nine hours without commercials yeah if you want if you wanted to marathon it and make a day of it cool but i mean yeah like you're talking like a very short amount of time that you need to be glued to your your tv or your computer screen to to watch all this stuff but even if we parsed it down some more like i guess like we could take we could take lower decks out of the equation so like if we just take it down just to the 12 actual episodes that we're seeing between next gen and voyager um i mean they're all good stuff like it's it's a trilogy in terms of 
Voyager as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It's just a one-off in Deep Space Nine. And there might be like one, two, three, four episodes that I would say would be like essential when it comes to um, Next Generation. And, th- and those like essential ones, I would say something like um, Encounter at Farpoint, Q-Who, Tapestry, and All Good Things. Yeah, I, I, I would think I would say those would be your essential. But at the, I would also say I think in all of those episodes that you mentioned in the Next Generation, right? Encounter at Farpoint, um, Q-Who. Q-Who tapestry and all good things you've got serious Q right all those are very serious episodes right and so we when we think of Q we think of like the jokester the trickster and and I feel like if you're gonna do essential you kind of need a trickster episode in there and not just all of the serious stuff because again all of the Voyager episodes that he's in are very serious as well I mean, the, the, the DS9, Q-less, is a, not a serious episode. But I feel like... Man, I feel like Deja Q is necessary, honestly. I really do feel like if you're going to get the true sense of the Q character, you need to watch Deja Q. I mm-hmm. mean, and then, like, how could you not want to watch Cupid? I mean, come on. Like, come on. How could you not want to watch that episode? You are not a merry man, Eric. If you don't want to watch that episode, you are not a merry man. <laughs> That's just like, yeah, it's it like people these days, they think like the worst thing you can label an episode of television these days is filler. Like they're like, filler, filler, filler. That's filler. And I'm like, who cares? Filler gave us Captain's Holiday. Filler gave us Cupid, right? Without Filler, those episodes would not exist. Without Filler, Shuttlepod 1 would never exist. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% I'm million percent okay with that, Eric. Yes, but David is not. David's no, he's not. No, like he's not. so, like I like, just Cupid is is so much fun. Like that's just one of those episodes that I could just turn on and just watch. Like I don't know what to say every day, but like I could just watch that all the time. So you were, you kept saying filler and stuff. Yes, uh, it doesn't advance the story, right? Well, so there's another guy um, who who is. He, he did a little thing with Star Trek, Michael Piller, and one thing that the the creatives would typically um, say about him or call him or would like leave a note for in terms of like the script is like pillar filler, like <laughs> like we need to like connect some stuff. So like let's just throw in some like random whatever, and um, that's where Michael Piller would like come in with like however like whatever gymnastics would be done to get from point A to point B. So like that's what I was thinking, just pillar filler. So. Yeah, but I mean then I mean then Star Trek is 
it's all filler essentially. There's no through storyline. It's just random journey from here to there. I mean, and that's yeah, okay. With, with with next gen, that's definitely it because it was still kind of doing the thing of like we want this to be like a standalone story. We don't want to serialize it, even though there might be like bigger story points that might pick up or connect with something like much earlier uh, but it's still generalizable enough to where you don't need to know all the stuff to be able to appreciate it so yeah yeah I get it um, I guess I was mainly like saying like the like some of those episodes just because of like the impacts that it has to not just like Picard for instance especially Q but just like the greater narrative as a whole right like in what like it brings about like of course with Q who that's the first time that we're being exposed to the Borg and then them coming back at the end of season three and of course we get like first contact the movie we get them showing up again in, in Voyager and even Picard season one um, so like without that episode that wouldn't I mean that would have just left the, the Borg you know some other random entrance much later on down the road and tapestry I mean come on now we, everyone loves tapestry for crying out loud and you know, I'm just I'm just doing a little bit of research at the moment online, right? Um, uh, Iris Stephen Bear wrote the episode Cupid. How about what that, you, huh? What do you know, right? What do you know? I don't know anything, dude. I know I mean, nothing. You know just, nothing, Jon Snow. I know. Look at that, Iris Stephen Bear. He also wrote Captain's Holiday. So mm. it makes sense that he would write Cupid as well. Okay, all right. Uh, so these are just like, like this is just essentially like a like a drive-by fruiting of of episodes. Again, like you could watch all twelve, all thirteen episodes in a day or two if you really wanted to. Like it's totally doable to watch all the queue to get well versed on. And caught up on whatever it's going to mean for for this character to show up again in season two of Picard. One of the uh, two of us right now may have just done that recently. Who? <laughs> uh, all right. Someone's dedicated. <laughs> Someone's oh, just dang. a fan. Someone has no life. This I week. guess you're the dedicated one. I'm just the fan, apparently. Well, I mean, I'm the fan with no life. Oh, okay. I don't have two kids and a wife to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get by with a little help from my friends. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so rather than going in like painstaking detail, that would be like the Peter Jackson extended edition version of this podcast, which we're not going to do today. Hey, those are uh, pretty fantastic. They are, by the way. I used to joke, I'm like, does Peter Jackson know how to make a movie that's less than three hours? Because I would love to see that. Because, um, like, at the time I was making that stupid comment was, like, Lord of the Rings and, like, King Kong, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, of course, The Hobbit came out again. I'm like, okay, come on now, dude. Let's go. <laughs> um, anyways, we're not going to go ad nauseum through all 13 appearances of Q. Uh, I think that can be done to death by a lot of folks and that's fine like that's that's cool for them instead um, I wanted to take the time at least in this episode 
to talk through like some of like the maybe um, favorite moments, like a standout moment, or even like um, a character development thing that like really stands out to us, and then maybe kind of land on what we consider, um, whether they've been ranked or not, our top three Q episodes of um, um, throughout the whole Star Trek series, essentially. So. Um, that being said, um, Eric, where would you like, where would you like to start with this? Do you want to start with, uh, some Q moments? Yeah, I'd like to start with some Q moments. Okay. So, um, since I was just rambling, I'll go ahead and let you kick this one off with, um, some of your favorite Q moments. Well, well, number one is when Q shows up in Janeway's bed, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, right? Sure. No, that's, or is it Picard's bed? Oh yeah, he, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. There's that. No, I think I think um, a big moment, and this is this is like really awesome. Is uh, all good things like when you when you watch the Next Generation? You know, we just it's basically you know. Random moment, random planet, random encounter. There are some through lines, right? There's like the war dishonor storyline that runs through there, right? There's mm-hmm. there's obviously some Borg stuff that runs through there. There's you know Data, you know becoming human and the things with lore, and th- so there are some through lines, right? But it's essentially we're just gonna jump around from place to place. But when you get to all good things, and at it's at like the end of part one, right? I think if you even watch it, it's on Paramount Plus. I don't even think it's on Amazon Prime anymore. I think it's just on Paramount Plus. I have no idea if it's on Netflix or not, because I don't have Netflix anymore. Um, but it literally like all good things stops and says to be continued, and then just keeps going, right? Like where it would break apart. Mm-hmm. In syndication, it's like at the end of the first episode, the first part, we get the trial again, and you're like, "Holy crap! It's like a bookend, right? The trial in episode one, and the trial in, in, in episode 178, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, it's a bookend. This is happening, y'all. This oh is happening. God, happening. Oh my god, it's happening. And like." And he shows back up in the the trial room mm-hmm. in the same yeah. outfit, in with all the same people around him. And you know he do, he says this. He says, you know, I got the quote here. What is it? Where is it? Where it go? He says, "The trial never ended, Captain. We never reached a verdict, but now we have. You're guilty, right? Guilty of what? It's like of being inferior, right? Seven years ago, we said we'd be watching. We have been." hoping that your race would demonstrate some growth, give some indication that your minds had room for expansion. But we didn't see any of that, right? And it's just like a, like, when the first time I saw that, it was, like, amazing how, like, the show did that and just, like, perfectly bookended the show with these two trial moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had all good things on um, one of my my favorite Q list as well, or favorite Q moment list as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's 
it's right around that same area that you're talking about. Um, and I, I just love this this like little interaction between Picard and Q. Uh, Picard says, I sincerely hope that this is the last time that I find myself here. And Q says, you just don't get it, do you, Jean-Luc? The trial never ends. We wanted to see if you had the ability to expand your mind and your horizons, and for one brief moment, you did. When I realized the paradox? Exactly. For that one fraction of a second, you were open to options you had never considered. That is the exploration that awaits you. Not mapping stars and studying nebulae, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. Yeah, that's good stuff. That, like... I, I think about, um, like, just being like, like we're both we're both teachers, right? Um, when when our students just get it, like, there's just something so satisfying about when a student gets a concept, and like you see Q at the very beginning, who's like being like this nuisance, this pain in your backside, man, like this thorn in your side, um, just annoying the crap out of you. Episode one, episode one seventy eight. He's still that, but he's softened a little bit, and and I, I I really I just really love this moment that along the way he has been helping the crew of the Enterprise to Picard's detriment, of course, uh, maybe, but but like I just think this is like a fantastic moment, just a fantastic moment for Q in terms of how even the relationship with Picard has evolved over the series. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even like what this may speak to once, you know, he shows up again in season two of, of Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. This is like, that's a, that's a brilliant like episode. All good things. Right. Mm-hmm. Rick Berman called it the best thing he ever wrote for Star Trek. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but like I understand why he would say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was proud of what he did. I yeah, mean, absolutely. He has, he has every right to be man. Absolutely, like, it's fantastic. Yeah, like I, I've turned on all good things just to watch, like just for like one of those like you know, comfort food kind of kind of episodes, and it, it's great stuff. Like it I mean, ends very very well. I think it's fun to watch Encounter at Farpoint and then immediately watch All Good Things, like Ooh. right back to back for that bookend feeling. Ooh, that's a good idea. I hadn't even thought of doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. I mean, just, I mean, that's like almost I mean, it's three gonna be, hours. It's going to be three hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Lord of the Rings movie. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Peter Jackson. Thank you, Peter Jackson. Okay. Um, what other uh, favorite Q moment or moments do you have? Well, uh, Tapestry, right? Okay. Um, when Jean-Luc Picard dies and he shows up in a white room and Q's in a white robe and he goes, what happened? He's like, you're dead and I'm God. <laughs> just like, that's, that's hilarious. First of all, that's hilarious. And Picard's like, you are not God. <laughs> that, that's funny, right? When he says it like that. <laughs> oh. But then, like, the episode itself is like, you know, I, I 
I love Tapestry as an episode. Um, but you know, you know, we take Picard on this Christmas Carol journey through his life, right? He only goes to one moment, not three, but mm-hmm. the cue of the cue of Picard past, right? I don't know if that was the right phrasing or not, but I was trying to be something clever of like the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cue of Picard past. I don't know. Whatever. I got it. We'll we'll workshop it. (laughs) We got to get with the marketing team on that one. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's going to the right room. But like Picard is like a broken man, you know, and then he goes, having a good laugh now, Q? Does it amuse you to think of me spending the rest of my life as a man with a dreary, tedious job? He goes... I gave you something mortals never experience, a second chance, and all you do is complain. And Picard's like, I cannot live out my days as that person. He is bereft of passion. That's not who I am. That's a, I'm sure that's a terrible Picard, right? You need you need a little bit more Earl, Earl Grey in your, I know, your speech, I know. man. And I'm he's like, he's, and he's like, au contraire, mon capitaine. <laughs> he's the person <laughs> you wanted to be, one who is less mm-hmm. arrogant and undisciplined in his youth. One who is less like me, right? Ooh, and that's biting right there, yeah. right? Because now, now Picard has to be in respect. Like, well, wait, was I? Was I like this trickster guy that was like a pain in my butt? Was I irresponsible and was I causing all these problems? Ooh, yep. one who is just like me, like the Jean-Luc Picard you wanted to be, the one who did not fight the Nausicans, had a quite different career from the one you remember. Never had a brush with death. Never came face to face with his own immortality. Never realized how fragile life is or how important each moment must be. So his life never came into focus. And there's a little bit more, right? He learned to play it safe, and he never, right. ever got noticed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, like, Q is speaking to Picard, but he's also kind of speaking to himself in a sense right there. Like, like he... You know, Q's a bit arrogant, right? And he knows he's arrogant, right? Just, just a bit. Just a Q's a little bit little undisciplined. Bit. And he knows he's undisciplined, right? Right? Uh, and uh, Q knows that... Um, Q knows a few things, that there's a lot of similarities between here. And he's not just speaking to the captain, but he's speaking, speaking to himself, too. Mm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. specifically, the, he learned to play it safe, right? Mm-hmm. We know that Q is not the one to play it safe, right? Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great moment between the two of them. So there's going to be an episode that I'm going to be coming back to uh, later on in this, this particular episode. But it's, it's very, um, very GIF-worthy. Um, that I try and use every chance I get uh-huh. um, when appropriate. Sometimes that's not appropriate. Is from <laughs> uh, <laughs> good old Deja Q. Just like coming at the very end with a mariachi band. <laughs> yeah, that's the Q mariachi band. Yeah, just like Q the mariachi band with, you know, him and uh, with like a with like a sombrero and like a trumpet and everything, just like dancing in front of everyone uh, there at the end of Deja Q. I, I I just love that. Forgive me if um, I'm wrong, but isn't that also the Picard facepalm episode, right? The GIF where Picard I, does the facepalm. I think it is. I think it is too. I think it is. Yeah. Um, because isn't that the part where um, oh um, he's. 
like he, thing is like talking about, um, like a, like the light leaving his eyes, and Picard's like, "You're falling asleep," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you fell. He's like, Picard's like, "I lost consciousness." You fell asleep. You fell asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you tolerate this? <laughs> you get used to it. You get used to it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save um, some more Deja Q for a little bit later on. Yeah, but it, it, even if we talk more about Deja Q, like Data is is Q's guide around the ship, or his bodyguard, or whatever. The eyes. He's got he's got the eyes on Q, and like Q's like my stomach is grumbling. Like Doctor Crush, like I think you're hungry, <laughs> and so Data takes him to tent forward, and he's like, "What should I eat?" Well, I've noticed that humans and other aliens, like, food, the food they want to eat depends on their mood, and the food they eat can alter their mood. For instance, I have seen Counselor Troy eat chocolate when she's feeling bad. Like, she eats chocolate sundaes. And Q's like, I'll have ten Ten chocolate chocolate sundaes. sundaes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen someone eat that much. Well, seeing as I've never eaten before, I, I'm probably going to be very hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, after he has an encounter with Guinan, right? Right. Then they bring out the chocolate sundae, and he goes, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, that's the thing. Like, I really hope that there's, like, some payoff, like, with, like, the whole, like, standoff that happened early on in Next Gen, right? Like, yeah. where Guinan's, yeah. like, doing her, like, cat claw pose. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like can you like shoot like lightning bolts out your fingertips or something? Like, what's no, about to happen? We don't need any more of that. Welcome. That's, that's crossing the streams. That's the new podcast that's coming out this fall, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> crossing the streams. <laughs> oh man, no. But seriously, like what? What's that all about? Like yeah, I've, I, I haven't know. seen anything in like books or in comic books or video games about like what that whole nope but we see in the trailer there's Guinan right Guinan's there Whoopi Goldberg I need a cup of tea Earl Grey piping hot let's go <laughs> I mean let's say go. what you will about what's happening with Whoopi Goldberg in the news right right now mm-hmm. I'm still excited to see Guinan as a character a thousand percent yes like, look, when people ask me, Chase, who was who's a better counselor, Guinan or Troy? Not, the I mean, answer is close. The correct answer is and will always be Guinan. A thousand percent Guinan. Yes. Anyway, Guinan is the counselor. Yes. Okay, we're we're talking about Q, not Guinan. Yeah. Q. That stay is for another focused. time. Okay. Um, any other Q moments that you want to highlight? I mean, like, in Cupid, right, he comes in and he's like, Jean-Luc, I want to thank you. I want to do something special for you. <laughs> and then and then uh, Picard goes and tells Riker, he's like, I just had a visit from Q. Oh? He says he wants to thank me. And Riker's like, I'll inform the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really a cue moment, but like, 
<laughs> with the way Riker says Indirectly, that. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll let the crew know <laughs> to expect shenanigans. Wink, wink. <laughs> Something's going down. Something's going down. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, and, like, just, just Cupid in general is just a fun episode in the fact that he's the one that's, like, trying to get Vosh's attention and and everything and like all the stuff that's just like ensuing as a result is I mean we get like the great one liners of like sir I must protest I am not a merry man like you, you gotta love that and like just seeing you know Patrick Stewart in a Robin Hood outfit is great and you know seeing Data as um Briar Tug that's <laughs> Briar Tug like with his little little bald patch and everything, like you you gotta love that. You yeah, know Brent Spiner was eating that up. Oh yeah, eating oh, that yeah, up. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, having been on Night Court and him having been as popular as he was on Night Court as a as a comedic uh, character, I mean, he got he got to flex his his uh, his comedy skills for a little bit. I mean, he, I mean, anyway, that's that's another episode. Date is another episode. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about um, character development. Um, like, like maybe like um, I I kind of I've I've kind of cheated, but I'm kind of the captain. I get to cheat when it comes to the Kobayashi Maru. You know what I'm saying? So um, I have like one, maybe like one and a half to kind of talk through. Okay. So for me, it kind of. It kind of starts with Deja Q, uh, where he's been banished from the continuum, and now he has to like live as some kind of mortal being. And he he could have lived as a, I think he said like a flea, um, um, or like a cat or something like that. But like he had like all of like a quarter of a second to decide he chose human. And there's a there's a part. So this is season three, episode thirteen depending on how you count episodes, I suppose. Where he said, like, the line is, um, as I learn more and more what it is to be human, I am more and more convinced that I would never make a good one. I don't have what it takes. Without my powers, I'm frightened of everything. I'm a coward and I'm miserable. And I can't go on this way. You know, at first glance, like, maybe you don't, like, think too much of it, but, like, there's this awareness that... I think has been generated with with Q as a character um, and I really think it's like from this point onward that we really are getting a different Q which is where this one and a half kind of comes in which leads to not just um, uh, like stuff in like tapestry for example like we get like that where like maybe he's like thinking more about others in a sense like yeah, it's yeah. It kind of sucks to be Picard in that moment, like having to relive your life and like potentially undo something. The road not traveled, you know, essentially. Um, but even what I was talking about and what we were both talking about to an extent, even in all good things, like I, I personally, as a viewer, as as a consumer of Star Trek, I see Deja Q as that moment where there's a turning point for Q. That's just me, personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree that Deja Q 
This is why, why I said I think it it is part of the essential list, mm-hmm. right? I know you didn't mention it, but I think it is because you know there's that moment at the end when he like the whole time uh, what's happening is like there's these some other type of alien that's trying to attack and hurt Q because he terrorized them, right? And there's this planet whose moon is gonna fall out of orbit or whatever. And, like, Q is like, listen, if I stay on this ship, eventually these aliens are going to get me, and they're probably going to hurt the crew and your ship as well, Jean-Luc. So I'm just going to take this shuttlecraft, and I'm going to leave. I'm going to get away, and, yeah, it's probably going to be bad news for me, but you'll be okay. Nothing will hurt happen to you. And, like... He it's like this selfless act where he's not thinking about himself anymore. He's not so self-absorbed. He's actually he actually starts to care about these people, right? And you can you can really see that. And that's when the other Q shows up and is like, "God, I can't just let you you die here. You just committed like a truly selfless act, right? You just like ah, right. I gotta. I mean, I gotta give you your powers back because you learned something here." And I think that's a, that's a really key moment, which is why I think Deja Q is really essential. Sure, and maybe then, that was just maybe that was just like a slip of the tongue for me whenever I was saying that, because obviously, with it being as an, uh, important of a character development moment for me, it would definitely be on the list. Yeah, uh, but I, I also want to say I think I think that this this Deja Q moment will lead into another moment in Voyager, in specifically the episode Q two, where. Um, We've got the child of Q and the female Q where they touch fingers and mm-hmm. boom. And they create Junior, who's played by John Delancey's son. I forget Keegan. his first name. Keegan. Keegan. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely John Delancey's son. And so, like, basically Q drops off Junior on on um, Voyager because I can't deal with him. He's, he's – I don't know how to be a parent. You teach him. And then, like – there's something that goes wrong. I, you know, the whole storyline is not that important, right? But something goes wrong. Junior Q does something wrong, and he's gonna get Egypt in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he he's like, Egypt has been the one person who's been kind to me here, who's been trying to really help me. I can't get Egypt in trouble, so I'm just gonna take a shuttlecraft and go out on my by my own, and and try to like beg forgiveness and to spare Egypt's life and like he goes to this alien race and he basically Junior begs for forgiveness but there really was no alien race it was just Q dad like in disguise he's like ha Junior you learned something you you learned to commit a selfless act just like I did the time before and so I think we really see like Q did learn something and he was teaching his son a lesson. Mm-hmm. Now, I might, I might be jumping the gun on this conversation, but how much do we think that Q is going to re- be even remembering this stuff by the time we get to Picard season two? I would hope that he would remember it. I mean, he's like this omnipotent, immortal being, right? But... There's been a lot of, I mean, there's been 20, 25, 
however many years that have passed in our time since any of this stuff really happened. Uh-huh. Um, closer to 30, whatever. Um, but still, how, I'm just wondering like how much weight, how much gravitas like with these moments will actually carry through to this next iteration of Q's development. Well, I, I would hope that the writing staff would look back to these moments and and put that in there, right? Because I think just bringing Q back to bring him back is not interesting, but bringing him back when you can relate it and connect it to these things that have happened is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, right? Like, I, I'm, I want to. I don't want to see this. Villain, I, I, I personally don't want to see a, um, an encounter at Farpoint Q, right? No. Where he's just like sitting in a chair, just giving humanity a hard time, just for giggles. And I want to yeah, see. I didn't... Go ahead. I, I just I want to see like more of like the developed, like Deja Q, like post Deja Q, Q. When yeah. we get to Picard season two. Yeah, I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline. It was like an interview with John Delancey. And he talked about how you're going to see him. The, the headline was a more mature Q in Picard, right? And whatever that means, I, I didn't I don't didn't read the article for whatever reason. But that was like the headline: a more mature Q in Picard. So hopefully we will get that character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, were there any other? Was there another moment or two for you at all? I mean, at first, moments in character development, I think those are, like, the big ones. Okay. So, I guess let's let's kind of transition into our top three episodes. Now, I know that you, um, <laughs> that you, you have spreadsheet after spreadsheet on all the things, uh, for the most part. And you probably have, like, this is number one. This is number two. This is number three. Um, I'm just gonna say, I, I don't know if I've like fully, if I've officially landed on a top three like official order for myself. Um, so I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, there might be overlap. We have not, we have not talked about what, what our actual top threes are, but there's a very good chance that we're gonna have some overlap with this stuff. Yes. I, I would bet, like, with maybe at least two episodes, there's gonna be overlap. So, um, for me, um, I'm going to go with, um, it's, it's kind of like a, like a split decision type of thing for me. Um, it's like a tie for, I guess we'll just call it third, a tie for third would be, um, Q who and Deja Q for me. Okay. For, for my, my top three episodes. Um, Q who for obvious reasons, just because it like, it brings out so much of like later payoff, not just in next gen, but in future series and movies, um, with the introduction of the Borg among other things. And just the fact that we get like teacher Q among other things, like let's go check things out. Oh, if you can't, if you can't, um, uh, stand a little blood on your nose, you shouldn't be out here type of thing. 
among other things. And then everything else I, I was saying about like even Deja Q. So that's where I'm at with at least that stuff right now. Okay. How about for you, man? I'm, I'm going to kick off my list with all good things. Okay. Right? I mean, like I we mentioned it before, we each gave our quote, right? The trial didn't end then. The trial never ends now. You know, and I, I think that idea is, like, so amazing. Like, keep pushing yourself, right? Never, never settle. Never, never think your work is done. Like, keep keep trying keep trying to expand your mind keep trying to expand your understanding of the universe and hey he even says like the continuum didn't have faith in you but i did right and i just i it's just it's just a great episode of television or two episodes of television however you want to think of it all good things and i think we see like a really mature cue and a a teacher there and it's just it's really fantastic so I guess that's a good segue for me because All Good Things is on my list. And that was going to be the next one that I was going to say. So, um, I, just, I mean, it's just a, it's such a great story. And again, the quotes and everything and how it, how it just brings everything together. So there's nothing else I could really say that hasn't already been said about All Good Things. Okay. And then I guess before I get to my number one, which, I mean... The, if you've listened to this podcast, you, you know what that is. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Death Wish from okay. Voyager. I This is, like I, we talked about it earlier, this is just a fantastic episode of television, right? It's It's got all the things that you want. It's got, they're not sitting around a table, but they're in a conference room, right? Having a hearing, right? Talking through it. And it's, it's such a philosophical ep- philosophical episode right where like what is the nature of the cue right and it's like are they omnipotent are they all-knowing are they all-powerful well no they're just old right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they're just old and like old things might seem more powerful to to younger races right and it's like the idea of immortality as being like a curse not a blessing because you get bored and there's nothing to talk about anymore and you're just at this way station on the desert road you know Mm. and and a a lot of this philosophical stuff is coming from the other cue not our cue right but then at the end you see like this at the whole time our cue john delancey is is trying to stop the guy from committing suicide but then he helps him and he's like hey, I've learned something here and I'm not going to play it safe anymore and I sure as hell hope the Continuum was mad with me because I want them to be. Yeah. Right, and I I just, I love that episode. It, it, it would, like, it would also be in my top, like, Janeway episodes as well, right? Not just my top Q episodes, but I think it would, it, it will make an appearance in top Janeway as well. I just, it's just a fantastic episode. Can't sure. say enough good things about Death Wish. Okay. Okay. Why do I have a why do I have the sneaking suspicion that our top uh, our, our number one Q episode is probably the same thing? Because it's a damn fine episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on three. I mean I mean on, keep on it three. simple, stupid, right? <laughs> 
on three, say the name of the episode, okay? One, two, three. Tapestry. Tapestry. There we go. Tapestry. Uh-huh. Was there was there like was there any other any other correct answer? I mean, no. all good things all good things could be a correct answer, right? But I think tapestry is the right answer. Sure. Right, and and like I said, we we did our best of Picard two years ago now. Yikes! <laughs> right? And that was my number one best of Picard moment, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a Picard episode. It's a Q episode. It's number one on both of those lists for me. Yes. Yes. And again, you get this. You you have this this Q that's been trans. I believe that's been transformed from the Deja Q um, storyline. And even even in there, like you know. Uh, along the way, like Picard, you're you're the you're the closest thing I have to a friend, basically, um, and and we just see more and more of this payoff. Like, and and I know it's like been teased in the trailers. Like the this is welcome to the road not taken, and we've already seen one road not or a possible future, so a possible road not taken, I guess, with tapestry, and it's just a beautiful it's just a beautiful story. It, it's beautiful character moments beautiful writing um, not just for Picard and the rest of the ensemble cast but for John Delancey's character as well like this is just top-notch performance top-notch storytelling set design lore all of it just dovetailing so incredibly well Um, Mm -hmm. this is a must-watch episode a must-watch episode for Q you know John Picard's like you gave me the chance to change and I took that opportunity but now I made a mistake and it's like I said it back then like there, we I've made lots of mistakes in my life you've made lots of mistakes in your life Chase our listeners I'm sure have all made lots of mistakes and you wish you would have the opportunity to go back and change them that's just human nature we think about that all the time but those mistakes are part of what makes you who you are Right? And understanding that is important to character growth. And I think that's a big learning moment for Jean-Luc Picard. But I also think it's a big learning moment for Q because he realizes that he's made mistakes in his life before now. And he's grown and he's now trying to pass on that wisdom to somebody I think he has a genuine interest in passing on that wisdom to. Can we can we just like talk about the fact that you know Q gave Picard this opportunity to relive something that happened as a newly minted ensign and then fast forward to him being, you know, the same age essentially, but a junior science officer. And Q could have just as easily said, "Sorry, not going to happen." Yeah, not not stuck. you're stuck let's just talk about that for a second like Picard could have I mean he got what he wanted right like he wanted a do-over and this was the result Q could have just given him the bird and said sorry Jack this is what you wanted peace yeah but he didn't he didn't Q just like Picard has grown in 
humanity, whatever we want to call it, his own humanity. His, he's grown in, in empathy. He's, he's been able to empathize with Picard. That is huge for a Q. That's huge. That's, that's cosmic level growth for a Q, which just adds even more to why this is such a great Q episode, why it's such a great Q story. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think we've, I think we've, we've hit all that we wanted to hit in terms of like some of our discussion, unless there's anything else that you need to add before we get to this final bit. Well, I, I need to add this right here. Um, with the way that the next generation is like bookended encounter at Farpoint, all good things, the trial, and then the trial never ended then. The trial never ends now. It's never going to end, right? You and I had this discussion, right, two years ago, I guess. It was like, how should Picard end? How, how, how should the show end? And I said, the only appropriate way to end Jean-Luc Picard's story is by bringing back Q and saying, you didn't think the trial ended then, did you? It didn't end the first time. It definitely didn't end the second time. That's the whole point. The trial never ends, right? You keep pushing yourself. You keep expanding your mind. You keep you keep working on yourself and trying to do better. And that has to be the way the show ends. And that might not be the way the show is ending, but that's definitely what they're doing in season two because we see right there in the trailer, the trial never ends. And I'm like, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one because that's, that's – that that's a good call on my part. I'm not the big theory crafter, but that has to happen, right? That's an sure. essential part of sure. the journey of Jean-Luc Picard. The trial never ended the first time. Did you think the trial ended the second time? No, it didn't. The trial never ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was right. Well done. Well done. I was good right. job, my friend. <laughs> um, I would be uh, personally, I would be very content with like even. Even let, let, let's just say for a second that the trial does end in season two, and like, or or maybe, or even in season three it ends, but it ends because Picard dies. Like, okay, let, let's just do tri- that. His trial ends. Yeah, but humanity's trial never ends. Sure. Um, there was one thing that we were talking about when we were kind of trying to figure out like what we wanted to like like what we wanted to hit on which brings us to Eric's absolute favorite part of the episode the Twitter poll so I Eric I, I polled the people of of the Twitterverse okay um, and I asked him this this particular question very very binary question is John Delancey's Q a Star Trek villain? The choices were either yes or no. So before we get to what the people of the Twitter voted on, how they voted, what say you? Well, I, I, I'm the one who kind of brought this idea up because, you know, you see all these lists online, I think, like uh, Screen Rant and, and things like that. They all do all kinds of lists, right? 
It's mm-hmm. like, and one of the things that you always see is like the biggest Star Trek villains, right? The best Star Trek villains, the most powerful Star Trek villains. And in all of these things, Q always shows up on this list of like Star Trek villains. And I never really looked at Q as a villain. He's an antagonist, yes, but antagonist does not necessarily a villain make, right? Right. And, like, he's, yeah, he's a jokester, right? But he's also a lot of serious moments in there, right? Some really, like, he's, the first time we see him, he's putting humanity on trial for being a grievously savage, childlike race. That's not a trickster. That's a serious moment. And I don't I don't necessarily even think that's a villainous moment either. Okay. Um so antagonist, yes. Villain, no. Okay. Alright. So when I when I first starting out with with uh, like Q just in general, uh, yeah, I, I was like originally thinking, yeah, he's he's this particular way. Because, I mean, you gotta have something. So, but by the time you got a lot further along, especially by the end of the series, and even going into like DS Nine and even Voyager, um, he's he's just like he's more of an anti-hero in the grand scheme of things. He's 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 being a trickster, right? Um, so I don't consider I personally don't consider the guy a villain. I don't see him that way. Um, Borg Queen, definitely a villain. Um, Gold Ducat, definitely a villain. Kai Wen. Gold Ducat is a discussion we should have about villain, not villain, right? Gold Ducat is just a discussion we should have anyway, right? Because he's amazing. He's amazing. Okay. Okay. So let's let's, let's go. Kai Wen. Villain or no? Yes. It's complicated. It's life is very often not binary, like right. yes or no. There's a lots mm-hmm. of gray area in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, she's she's trying to do she's trying to do what she thinks is the right thing to do for her people. Yes. But in the end, it almost always backfires on her, and she's well. One could say the same thing about Gul Dukat. He's always trying to do what's best for his people. Mm. All right. Anyway, that's right. a discussion for another time. There, that's what there they might call be an episode tea. cooking. That's what they call the tease. Mm. Eric, you're such a tease. Oh, my gosh, I know. Man. Such a tease. Okay. So, again, is John Delancey's Q a Star Trek villain? Let us know. So, with 66... Point seven percent of the vote. Right, Two thirds. Yep. Oh, look at you doing math. No, I'm I proud of do, you, man. I can do quick math. Wow. Yeah. So yes, two thirds of of the of the people that voted voted no. He is not a villain. Good job, Twitter. I <laughs> I finally got one of these right. <laughs> Which. Eric, I don't know if you can do this kind of math, but that means what percentage voted yes? 33.3. Hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Look at that, Eric. I know Eric, my you, thirds. 
Congratulations. Yeah, I so. Know my sixth, my eighths, my ninths, not my sevenths. No, my elevenths. Man, you can probably like read a tape measure without any issue, can you? <laughs> 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 All right. So, yeah, two thirds of the folks voted no, uh, which is great. So, um, cool. So you, so, you and Twitter seem to agree with each other on that one. Well for, done. For once. For once, man. I won't for get once. another one right ever again. Or, I mean, not for a long time. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, well, we are at the end of this particular episode talking about Q, um, whether it's just been kind of knocking about with the episodes that he's appeared in through the different fr- um, you know, series, franchises, whatever, uh, whether it's been talking about um, our favorite moments, some character development, our top three, um, and answering the age-old question of is he or isn't he a villain. Uh, I feel like we've had a pretty productive conversation. I hope this has been entertaining question mark for the people out in listener land um i I hope (laughs) um anyway well um the the next episode that y'all hear uh will be us uh talking about uh this new episode of star trek discovery that's coming out and everything uh now that we've finished up um star trek prodigy at least until the fall so just keep that in mind. Um, and then like our next content episode, next few content episodes, we'll be talking about a documentary as well as the, um, the Q squared book. So just uh, be on the lookout for all that stuff uh, coming out here in, in the near future. So uh, with that, uh, let us know what you thought. Did you, um, what's your opinion of Q? Do you agree with him being a villain, not being a villain, whatever it might be? Um, what's your absolute favorite moment, whether it's a character development type of thing a favorite episode of q we would love 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 to hear uh what you got what you got so um you can learn learn about us and ways to connect with us we're on all the things uh facebook instagram and twitter all at trtv pod uh you can learn more about us at trtvpod.com including ways to support the show whether it's you know sharing the show with a friend or even um supporting us financially on patreon patreon.com slash these are the voyages um if you want to, you know, leave us a note. We would love to, you know, hear like your Trek story, like how you got into Star Trek, um, thoughts, opinions about Q or any other character for that matter. Uh, make sure it gets to us. Open up hailing frequencies and send it to, make sure it gets sent to uh, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three minute limit before Q snaps his fingers. So please don't disappear. That would be kind of creepy actually. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something like the ingredients to make our own chocolate sundaes, make sure they're like freeze dried or like something like that. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station P.O. Box 2455 Hazel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so. Bye.